Welcome to the South Norwood Baptist Church podcast. This message was preached in 2019 as part of our identity series and Ami Buhari encourages us to fear not. Hope you're blessed, challenged, encouraged by this message. Fearful you guys are. Um, but I like to think that I am not a fearful person at all. In fact, I, um, I do this thing where I, I push myself and I put myself in positions where fear can come just so I can overcome it. I don't know, I'm a little bit of a tomboy and I'm a little bit of a, you know, kind of girl. And um, so I like to combat fear. I like to think I'm a little bit of a superhero inside. Okay, so I know, right, I know, I don't look it, but I am, I really am. Um, so um, I like to push myself, and I like to push my friends as well. So um, some years ago, we uh, went on a, a trip to um, Spain, and um, in Spain, there's this place called the King's Walkway. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, um, but it's a real, it's uh, up high in, on the mountains, and it's like, it's like a valley, and there's the water at the bottom, and it's like thousands of feet, or 30, 40, 50 feet high, something like that. Anyway, this place is quite dangerous, okay? Quite dangerous. I'm going to show you a little clip of it, so you can get an idea of what it's this like. This partially suspended walkway through an impressive gorge was used as a shortcut to the hydroelectric plant on the other side of the mountain. The jury stated that the renovation of one of the world's scariest hikes has now secured and opened up this natural and industrial heritage to all visitors. Award winner in the category Conservation, the King's Little Pathway in El Choro Gorge, Malaga, Spain. Okay, so you can see how high up it is, yeah? But what the, the little video didn't tell you is that most of the walkway, so it's all along the edge of the, of the, the mountain face, and most of the walkway has disintegrated because over time it's disappeared. So there's big, massive holes, and there's bits where there is no walkway anymore. So you have to literally scale the cliff edge to get across. And um, it's extremely, extremely dangerous. It's one of the most dangerous places in the world, apparently. And um, I didn't know that at the time. Well, I kind of knew it, but I didn't tell my friends. Yeah, so I knew, I'm lying, I'm lying. I knew, but I didn't tell my friends. Um, and it has a bit of a reputation because people have actually died. Um, literally, um, a few hundred people have died climbing, walking along this walkway. And um, three people died the year before we went to walk on it. Um, but I didn't tell my friends that. Anyway, so uh, six of us went up. Um, two of them chickened out before we even started and then the four of us went so there was myself and, and two guys and, and another um, other friend of mine, a girl and we're walking and we're taken by a guide you have to have a guide with you otherwise literally you will probably die because you'll fall um, and you have to jump literally like from here to there across and there's nothing underneath you and it's really dangerous really really dangerous and there's some bits where the wind is swaying you and there's just nothing on the ground and you have to kick yourself onto the wall and scale the rocks and stuff like that and I just kept seeing my friends faces one by one start to crumble and cry and the girls are crying and the boys are crying and, and it, was, it was really really like really really scary for everybody but I'm just there walking this is so much fun isn't this great guys and they weren't having a fun time basically um, and so we did it and for me it was amazing 
because I was combating any type of fear I might have felt. And I was just, literally, I was in my element. But for everybody else, they were so scared. It was such a scary thing for them. And then when they found out subsequently that people had died there and everything like that, then they kind of just hated me for a while. Um, <laughs> the place has now been restored because they, they condemned it. They said, it's just too dangerous. There are too many people losing their lives. And so it's been totally restored now. So you can go to that place and you can walk and it's lovely and everything's nice and safe now. But it wasn't safe then. But I still did it because I was like, I do not fear. Okay, so I feel like I have um, confronted a lot of my fears. When I was young, I used to hate insects and spiders and those kind of things. Now when I see them, I'm like, I'm a you in the name of Jesus. And I, <laughs> I just, as a seriously, I was like, I'm much bigger than you, spider. I will get rid of you. You know, I see a moth and I'm like, that's how I, that's how I roll, okay? Um, so I am not a fearful person. I like to think. <clears throat> However, there is one thing I am very fearful of, and that is not fulfilling my purpose in Christ. Okay, I, I do. I am fearful of that. I am fearful that I will not be all that God has called me to be. That when I get to that 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 time when I'm standing there, judgment day, and I'm like, and God's like, "Have you done this?" And I am fearful that I will not be able to say I have done certain things. So that is the one thing that brings me fear. That's the one thing that keeps me um, up sometimes at night because I have a lot of responsibility on my head when it comes to young people and things like that. And God has made it very clear, his plan for me in, in, in uh, leading young people. And I am fearful that I will not achieve, I will not uh, fulfill the purpose he has in my life. So that's my fear, okay? And it's, it's, it's there. I use it to motivate me, but it's a big fear. So I've shared... I would like to hear from some of you. What is your fear? What do you fear? Just shout it out. What do you fear? Say again. Snakes. Snakes, yeah, that's, 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 that's real. That's, yeah, I understand that. Anything else? Anybody fear? Sorry, coaches. Oh, wait, Susie, you said coaches. So going on a coach? <laughs> Okay, all right. It's real, it's real. No, that's a real fear. Okay, so going on a coach for Susie is, is a fear. Okay. Anyone else? Wasps. Not, not bees, just wasps. Bees as well. Mm-hmm. Do you run? Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that, can, that can be traumatic. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fear of dying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, okay. Anyone else? Heights. Okay, so you won't come up there with me then? No, okay, all right, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Any more? That's deep. 
You cross the road, and oh my gosh, that is so deep. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. One more. Anyone else got a fear? Sorry? Motorways. Ah, driving on the motorways. What if you're a passenger? It's fine. Okay, but actually driving on the motorways. Okay, I understand that. All right, so we all have fears. Um, and they can really grip us sometimes, you know. And some people might think they're a bit weird. You know, they might think, oh, sunflowers, coaches, what, what is that? You know, um, but our fears can be real. And they can be crippling. And our fears can stop us from moving forward. Our fears can stop us from, from being all that God has intended us to be. Yeah? So I know you're um, talking about identity and uh, you know, who you are. And so today we're going to talk about fearing not. I'm here to tell you to fear not. Yeah? And it's easy, isn't it, to tell somebody, don't be scared. It's very easy to say that to somebody. But how do you put that into practice, in reality? How do you stop yourself from being fearful? Yeah? So we're going to look um, at Matthew and look at that passage about Jesus walking on water and look at that from a perspective of fear. But let's just quickly unpack why we fear. Why do we fear? I'd say one of the biggest reasons why we fear is that we are, we are fearful of change. Yeah? Change is inevitable. It comes for all of us. But yet, we fear it. We fear it because sometimes change is the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen sometimes. And that can be very, very scary. Yeah? Sometimes, you remember those of you who went from uh, primary school to secondary school, you knew where you were going, but you didn't know... Uh, what your friends, new friends were going to be like, you didn't know what the class was going to be like, you didn't know what uh, the work was going to be like. When you go into a new job, there might be a certain level of fear there. How, am, I, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to fit in? Am I going to be able to do the job I've been asked to do? So fear is, uh, one of the reasons why we fear is the change and the unknown. Another reason why we fear is failure. Yeah, we, we have a fear of failure. We don't want to fail. We don't want to stumble. We don't want to fall. And so that brings about fear. We don't want to feel the shame of not succeeding. And that can cripple us at times. Uh, another reason why we fear is because we're not in control. Yeah? If you're doing something, sometimes you're not in control. And for those of us who are control freaks, that's not me, but it might be some of you here. Um, for those of you control freaks, we, we like to know what's going to happen. We like to know that we are in control. And to not be in control can cause fear. Uh, also, fear is easier to have than faith. Now, you might not agree with me, but I think it's true. I think it's very easy to get into that place of fear than it is to get into a place of faith. Yeah? To be able to say, doesn't matter what I see, doesn't matter what I hear, doesn't matter what's going on, I believe and I have faith that this will happen or I'm going to do this or whatever it is. It's so much easier to say, say it instead of faith, this is scary, I'm fearful. I'm unsure. 
And so often it's easier to be in that place of fear than it is to be in a place of faith. And what are the results of fear? Well, there's a lack of progression, okay? You know within yourself you should be much further in your career, but you just didn't want to go for that, that, that job, that job which will put you on another level because you weren't sure if you were going to get it. You didn't know if you had the skills, okay? Maybe you didn't take that chance on love that you knew was right, but you were scared because you didn't want to have your broken heart, heart broken just in case, yeah? Progression, lack of progression is a result of fear. Lack of blessings is a result of fear. God puts us in places so he can bless us, so he can uh, grow us and develop us. But if we won't move into those places, then we might miss the blessing in that place. And so these are results of fear. Time wasting. Time wasting. Procrastination. Procrastination is a direct response to fear. All right, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it off, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it another day. Another day turns into a year, turns into two years, five years, ten years, and you're still in that same place because we've wasted time. A result of fear is disobedience. Let's look at Jonah. Okay? Jonah is a, is a really good example. He was disobedient to the Lord. The Lord tended to go one way. He decided he's going to go another way. Yeah? Okay. So he did all that, actually. He wasted time, and he was disobedient. And so that put, because he was fearful, because he didn't want to go and do what God asked him to do. And so fear often results in disobedience, because we're not doing what we've been called to do. And then also a result of fear is not living a full, abundant life in Christ. Okay. Where we are is not where God wants us to be. We should be living a much more abundant life. And I'm not talking about riches and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the fullness of Christ. Every day. All day. That kind of abundant life. But it's often fear that stops us. That stops us reaching the promised land. Because we look over there and we say that the people over there are like giants. And we're like grasshoppers. Because we don't want to walk around the wall seven times so that Jericho can fall. That's what fear does. So we know the results of fear. Okay, so let's look at Matthew in detail. Okay, now they, they, in, the, in the Bible it says Jesus walks on water. I have this question, I don't know why it says Jesus walks on water. I think it should say Peter walks on water, to be honest, because it's, we know Jesus can walk on water. That's, 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 that's a given. Yeah, he's, he's Jesus, so that's no, nothing new for us, to be honest. The, the faith, the miracle, the exciting part is that Peter walked on water too. Yeah? We are Peter. We can walk on water. People, you can walk on water. Do you understand what that means? All right, let's understand it. Let's unpack it. Okay, so, um, 
First things first is that we have to see what happened before Jesus came to them in the boat and Peter and Jesus walked on water. Okay, before that, uh, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Yeah? He had just fed the 5,000. He'd just done another miracle in front of his disciples. And that was a good thing. And so the disciples must have been in a, in a, a hyped place, you know, and it must have been like, oh my gosh, Jesus is the one, do you see what he just did, he's amazing, this is like brilliant, we are in such a privileged place to be able to see these miracles firsthand, he just turned these small little pieces of bread and fish and fed the multitudes, okay, so they must have been on a high, they must have had, their faith must have been high, it must have been like, wow, God is great. And what does he do? What does Jesus do? He sends them away. Okay? Why does he send them away? He's gone off to pray. Now, he could have told them to wait for him, and then they all get in the boat together, and then they go about their business. But no, he sent them off by themselves. Okay? Right? So they had enough faith to go and do the next journey by themselves. Because they were hyped up now. They were in that place. They had seen the miracle of God, yeah? But he sent them off by themselves. And I think he sent them off um, because he wanted to see how they, their faith would, be, would work out when he's not there, yeah? And often God will put us in a position where he wants to see our faith work out, even when we can't see him, when it feels like he's not there. Anyway, so... Um, they're in the boat, and it's a bit windy, a bit of a storm, and then all of a sudden they see Jesus walking towards them. They didn't recognise him, it says. Okay? They've been with this man for a while now. Yeah? It's not like they don't know his face. We might not recognise Jesus when we see him, but they should have done but they didn't. They did not recognize him when he was walking on the water towards them in the boat. And the first thing they did is they went back to that place of fear. Their first emotion was fear. All of the faith they had just disappeared in that moment. And what did they say? It's a ghost. It's a duppy. It's a this, it's a that, you know. As soon as they saw it, it's a ghost. And so fear took over. And often our first emotion that we go to is fear. We don't go to faith, we don't go to rationale, we don't, we don't think through the logic of things. We just get fearful when we're in a situation that we don't have control over or we don't understand or is a different situation than we had been in. These guys had been in boats before because they were fishermen. They'd been in rough seas before. So they knew what to expect. Why was it different now? Why was it different now? But they saw something coming towards them that they did not recognize. Okay. So sometimes you have to understand that what was coming towards them was Jesus, but they thought it was something bad. And just because it was different, it doesn't mean that it's bad. They did not recognize that it was their Savior who was coming towards them. So sometimes when we're going through stuff, we need to remember that what is different out there what is coming towards you isn't necessarily a bad thing. But we have to open our eyes and really look and see. 
and they opened their eyes and they saw that it was their saviour. And so it's something to take away of us that we need to know that we need to face our fear. We need to name it. Yeah? Sometimes we have fears and we don't want to we don't want to speak it out, we don't want to say what it is, and that's that's fair enough. But sometimes we need to name and shame the fear, or we need to name it and realise that actually it's nothing to be fearful of. So recognise what is making you fearful. So you can then have that ability to say, Yes, this is God or no, this isn't. And then one of God's favourite phases in, in the Bible is do not be afraid, and that's what Jesus tells us. If you look throughout all the Bible, he says it so many times, because he knows the one thing that will stop us from being all that he's made us to be is that we will be fearful. And Jesus says it here. Jesus said to them immediately, he said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is always reassuring us. He's always telling us not to be afraid. But the question is, how often do we listen? How often do we listen to him saying, do not be afraid? And so, one person pipes up and says, okay, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And this, for me, is the miracle. This is when Peter says, okay, I believe, I know, that faith that he had a couple of hours ago with the feeding of the 5,000, he gets it back really quickly. He moves away from that place of fear now, and he's going into faith. Yeah? And he says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. Yeah? And I think Peter just does such a brilliant, brave thing there. He manages to make that, that, that switch very quickly. As soon as he realised that what's coming towards him is good and is God. He wants to run towards it, you know? He wants to run towards it. Everybody else is still in the boat. Everybody else is probably still a little bit fearful. But Peter exercises faith. And he says, okay, Lord, if it's you, call me. Tell me to come. And so he says, come. And then Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the water. And he comes towards Jesus. How amazing is that? Really and truly. I mean, can you put yourself in that position? Do you think you would do that? Do you think you would have that kind of faith? I'm not too sure how many of us would. Like I said, I don't fear much. But for me to get out and stand on water and walk towards Jesus, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not a very good swimmer. You know, I, did, I only did 25 meters at school as far as I got. You know, it's just like I'm like, you know, and I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, I don't want to get the hair wet, and um, and all those kind of things. You know, those kind of things have been going through my head. But <laughs> it's true, it's the reality. But Peter didn't straight away that he just switched that fear for faith. Switched it straight away, fear for faith. And he got out and he walked towards Jesus. This is the miracle. Jesus walking on water is what we expect. Peter walking on water, that is a miracle. And that only comes about when you have faith. Only comes about when you have faith. So he was walking. Peter's walking on the water. Jesus like, yes! 
oh my gosh, this is my son. I'm so happy. I'm so excited because, you know, my boy's walking. He's got the faith and he's so excited. And then, what did Peter do? He looked away. He took his eyes off Jesus. Okay? He took his eyes off Jesus. And he let the wind around him distract him. And then it all fell apart. It all fell apart. Because he started focusing on the thing, on the fear. He started focusing on the things that are trying to stop him. Yeah? Instead of looking on the thing that was calling him, which was Jesus. So he's one minute he's walking, then for some reason he took his eyes off the Lord and then he started to drown. He started to sink into the water. Can you imagine? You're there one minute and then next thing, you're falling. Some of us might have a fear of water, some of us have a fear of drowning. That's what was happening to Peter in a second, in less than a second. He took his eyes off God and everything went into disarray everything. This is what fear does. You're, 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 you're on it, you're, you're focused, you're goal-orientated, you know what you need to do, and then you just let that voice that's over there, or that situation over there, or, or the lack of money there, or the family fighting here, you just let that, you just put your eye on that for one minute, and we lose our focus. We lose our purpose. Now, things happen around us and we have to respond to things to, the, to a certain extent, you know? We can't say, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking to you because I'm there with God, you know? Or I'm, I'm not going to help you because I'm there with God. You can't be tunnel vision. But in everything that we're doing, we need to keep our focus on Jesus. Because that's where faith comes from. The faith is not going to come from looking at the waves and the wind around us. Our faith is not going to come from other people. I cannot save you, you cannot save me. The only person who can save us is Jesus. And Peter realises that. And he said, Lord, save me. And immediately, not after a little while, because if I was Jesus, I would have let him fall away. Yeah, like, you took your eyes off me, let me show you what's going to happen. I would have left him there for a couple of minutes. <laughs> and then, then I'll take my hand and put him up. But no. Jesus is much more compassionate than me. Praise the Lord. He's a saviour. I'm not. Okay? So immediately, Jesus reached down his hand and he pulled him up and he saved him. He caught him and he saved him. Okay? Immediately. How many times has Jesus done that for you? How many times in your life when you know you should be doing something and then you've gone and done something else and you know it's all messed up and you're like, God, I'm sorry, help me. Because he's pulled us out of that situation. This is the same thing. It's the same thing. But our God is good. But he's also a good rebuker as well. And what does he say? You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I'm here on the water. This is not what you see every day. 
You said, call me. I, I said, come. You started to walk. Why did you doubt? Do you not know who I am? Now, they had the privilege of being with him, walking with him, talking with him, laying their heads down with him. We didn't have that privilege that the disciples had. We are, this is faith right here. To believe in a God that we can't actually see, can't maybe necessarily hear, like, like we, we see and hear each other now. So we are acting in faith. But by God, he wants us to act deeper. The faith needs to become more. We need to walk on the water and keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Now is not the time to have little faith. Now is not the time to doubt. With everything that's going on out there in the world, now is not the time to be fearful, people. We cannot be fearful in this world. If we start, continue to look and say, oh my gosh, uh, there's gangs, there's this, there's fighting, there's wars, there's all these kind of stuff, and we put ourselves into that place of fear, or we stay there, if we're watching the news and we're seeing all that stuff and we're just sitting there, oh my God, I'm so scared. I don't want to come out of my house. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. That is, you are drowning. We are drowning. And God did not call us to have a spirit of fear. Instead, we should be standing strong. We should be walking on that water because we know who we serve. We know who our God is. He is bigger than any waves. He is bigger than any wars. He is bigger than any knifing. He is bigger than any debt. He is bigger than any sickness. He is bigger than any broken relationships. But he calls us to have faith and to fear not. To fear not. And so they climbed into the boat. And the wind died down. And those who were there in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Sometimes we have to, we have to start drowning. We have to let God save us before we, we, get, we get the gist of it. Before we, we, we learn the lesson. That's how it is, because we're humans. But with every lesson learned, our faith must and should increase. And the fear must decrease. So if you're the kind of person who has fear in your heart about a lot of things, anxious about a lot of things, we need to be praying these things out. We need to be standing on the words that God has given us. Because he is your God. And he will never, ever let you down. He will never, ever forsake you. Your mother and your father might forsake you, but he will never forsake you. His hand is not too short. His word does not return to him void. What he has said will come to pass over your life. So he says, do not be afraid. You are the head and not the tail. You are free in Christ. You are no longer a slave to sin. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day. You are covered in the armour of God. You are protected in the shadow of the Almighty. The word says you will tread on the lion and the cobra. It says you have dominion. 
You will not be put to shame. You have been redeemed. You are covered in the blood of the Lamb. You are a child of God. Do you know you are a child of God? Do you know what that means? That means you must not fear. And yes, I can stand here and I can say that, and I know it's hard, and I know we fear lots of stuff. But the key is keeping our eyes on Jesus. The key is keeping our eyes on Jesus. And walking on water becomes easier and easier the more we do that. The more we do that. So I ask you to choose faith, not fear. Seek ways to exercise your faith. Put yourself in positions that are uncomfortable, that, that create fear, and use that as a time to bring in faith. Even if you don't feel it to begin with, just, just push through. Stand on a promise of God and do not let that promise go until you see what you, you, you meant to happen come to pass. You know? Rebuke the negative thoughts. Replace them with the word of God until they have no effect on you. Choose life. Keep your eyes fixed firmly upon God. Step out of the boat because God has got you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, because I am your God. So let us not be fearful people, but instead let us every, every step make that be a step of faith. Come out of the boat. See what God has planned for you, because it is good. It is true. It is pure. It is him. Walk on water like Peter walked, but keep your eyes focused on the Lord and replace your fear with faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.